It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, that's what happens when you turn the ball over 15 times if you're Illinois. You end up losing to Purdue 76-71. This will be a very short post-game show for Illinois. We were moments removed from them losing to Purdue 76-71 to end Illinois' regular season as they head into the Big Ten tournament. Um, There's not much else to say with this Illinois team other than why does it take being down 26-47 at halftime, or later on when there's 10 minutes left in the game, why does it take Illinois this long to start showing that type of effort or things to go their way? I have no clue. But this is the same song and dance we have with Illinois every single time they play a team like this or just in certain games. They were without Epps once again. Showed because Shannon Jr. just... Got the ball stolen from him up and down the court. Um, everything like that. So we're going to discuss everything that led to this loss outside of the turnovers. But you cannot turn the ball over that many times against a team like Purdue. Um, like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow Ray on Apple and iTunes. Um, leave a comment in the comment section down below. All that good stuff. Um, Illinois wraps up the regular season. 76-71 loss to Purdue. As now they'll head into the Big Ten tournament. Illinois finishes the regular season 11-9 in conference. 20-11 overall. Uh, four games back of Purdue. Purdue's going to win the regular season Big Ten. Illinois is going to be anywhere between the second and nine seed in the Big Ten. Um, Illinois just got off to a horrible start. They were down, I believe, 11 nothing at one point at the very beginning. 
they were down 11 nothing with 17 minutes left in the game where they had to call a timeout. And then they started to hit some shots, and then it was 13-4, to 13-6. to six. Um, And then the time Illinois got it, 26-21, to 21, you felt this comeback brewing, and then Purdue just starts going off. It's 30-23 to 23 for a while, 34-23 to 23 for a while. Then it gets out of control, and it's 47-26 to 26 heading into halftime. Cause this. Illinois turned the ball over way too many times. They made stupid passes at the beginning of the game, stupid passes that don't make sense. They would turn at the high post, high at the free throw line, turn and pass it off to somebody or try to dump it off right there, but there's a guy standing right there, and they literally, they literally look like they just freaking passed him the ball. It did not look good at all. Um, I thought some fouls on Eddie were questionable because it's the post. We're supposed to be men in the post. We're supposed to be able to handle getting hit. Um, the 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 uh, talk about how it's so hard to guard a guy like that. It's so hard to, um, you know, how how do we call fouls against a guy like that? And I find that's the laziest excuse that I've ever seen in my life when it comes to that. But ultimately, there was not a lot of energy for Illinois in the first half. It looked like they had tired legs, and it could be obviously from that Michigan game that was very highly... Um, emotionally draining, energy draining. Um, but ultimately, you cannot turn the ball over, you know, 15 times. At one point, they turned the ball over 14 times, and Purdue had 14 points off those turnovers. So if you take away the turnovers, you are in a way better position and probably win this basketball game if you're Illinois. If you go over the entire stats um, for this game, Field goal percentage, Illinois actually shot better, 48% to 47% for Purdue. 7 of 22 for 3, 6 of 18 for Purdue. 3-point was 31%. Free throws, Illinois could not hit free throws down the stretch, end up being 16 of 24. Um, 30 rebounds, 10 offensive rebounds, 20 offensive rebounds for Illinois. 13 assists for Illinois. Sold the ball 8 times, had 7 blocks, which is great. Um, 15 total turnovers, I believe Purdue had 14 total points off those turnovers. Um and the largest lead was 24. Now, you cannot take away the energy and effort they showed with about 10, 10, 11 minutes left. All of a sudden, Illinois goes, we're here to play. All of a sudden, our legs feel good. And they decided to play. The full-court pressure was starting to get to Purdue. Purdue started to, you know, not hit the shots that they were making. But this Illinois team, where it becomes very frustrating, is we either shoot too many threes, not enough threes, or we just refuse to do something I call two-dribble shooting where we pump fake or we sweep and go and we take two dribbles and we can get a shot. There was times in that comeback where we saw Coleman Hawkins start to do that. Um, Shannon started to do that. They started to hit some shots. They just bypass sometimes open shots, which is very frustrating. And then there's times where they just force the shot up. So it's very extreme with this team. It's either they take way too many threes and they don't focus on the paint or that's all they were trying to do. And it seemed like the first half there were some open threes they could have taken. It seems like they weren't trying to get to the paint as much like Purdue was. Purdue was all about trying getting the ball into the paint. But Illinois said, no, 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 no. You know, we've heard everybody. We heard Coach Steve the last time saying that we take too many threes. So it just felt like in that first half, they they said, you know, oh, well, we take too many threes in the first half, and they decided to not. They took way more threes in the second half because they were in the comeback mode. They were in this desperation mode. So this Illinois team where it becomes very frustrating is 
It's always a tale of two halves. It's always a tale of, you know, if you broke it down into four 10-minute quarters, it's always a different 10-minute frame with this team. They can be very, very, very good. The way they were playing in the last 10 minutes, they can beat anybody that they play against because Purdue was number five in the country for a reason. Um, you saw Coleman Hawkins starting to do things on defense that he needed to do. He always has a tough matchup. Um, Mayer was struggling the first half, then he started to come alive. He ended up scoring 16. Melinda started to really amp up getting some steals. He ended up having two steals and seven points. Shannon had 13 points off the bench. Harris, I thought he was the energizer bunny. Anytime he came in, something good happened. He ended up with 11 points. Good, he started to find his shot. He was four of six, two for two for three. He ended up with 10 points. So they started to find different guys around. They only played eight guys. But one thing that will hurt this Illinois team without Epson is, and it's hurt this team throughout the year, is who is actually truly the point guard. You don't have Trent Frazier anymore. You don't have um, you know, anybody like that that's going to bring the ball up. Epps was slowly becoming the point guard. But then Shannon can guard the ball, but he had the ball stolen a couple of times. And so they, they truly don't have this facilitator without Sky Clark that was maybe going to be built into that role. Um, I know people are thinking about Ty Rogers being something like that. I personally thought he struggled. He turned the ball over twice. Um, Shannon, I know he had six turnovers. He was struggling. He got two taken away. You know, they, the, the kids say, oh, cookies when something gets taken from them. Um, but Ty Rogers, there was just times where I was like, what kind of decisions are you making when he's passing? And this is in the first half when he had the – he was trying to post up and knock the ball, and the ball got stuck out of bounds. Like, he was struggling. But who do you bring in, you know, when you don't have Epps, when you don't have Sky Clark, when you don't have some of these guys that are playing? But, you know, I to, to Brad Underwood's credit, you know, he stuck with these guys. Danger has been – you know, he played a lot because he had to guard Eddie, but – you know, he had seven points. I thought they didn't get him the ball enough when Eddie was out and he was in, uh, when he got into some foul trouble, and then Danger started to get into some foul trouble. But he was three or four, seven points. Um, just didn't get you the rebounds that he needed to. Coleman Hawkins had more rebounds. Mayer had more rebounds. Um, even R.J. Melendez had more rebounds. And then Danger. So Danger's going to have to grow out of this phase into next year, but he's going to have to really start to focus on it as they head into the Big Ten tournament and the – NCAA tournaments, but Ty Rogers, I thought, really, really struggled. Chance decisions at the beginning, these little dump-off passes, you could blame him, but the guy wasn't cutting like he thought he was going to cut. So those type of things, those are the type of turnovers that you cannot have. But again, 15 turnovers, and then Purdue just, they score off those turnovers. But Illinois didn't get out on fast break enough early on. They started to, when that comeback was happening, getting into the rim and getting a lot of and-ones, and that's what kind of led to Illinois into this comeback so you can't take away but the frustration part comes in where's that effort at the beginning of the game i saw a tweet that was hilarious they said if if brad underwood could just go up to the scoreboard or just give the guys a scoreboard and say hey guys we're down 20 to nothing um we better come out and play them they come out and play right from the get-go like that they will compete with anybody and they can make some noise in the big 10 tournament if that's what how they choose to play and that's how they choose to go about this uh but it was you know, a frustrating game because we're down 20 some points, you know, 24 points. And then we make this comeback. We're so close. You know, we have it tied, you know, we're down by a point. Um, we just did not hit free throws at the end. The turnovers killed us. But again, we can't go the whole show here without talking about people going after, um, Brad Underwood. Um, 
there's a guy on Twitter that always posts stuff about Brett Underwood and people discuss this. And so I really don't care. I'm going to show, um, we're going to show a tweet that I saw. And this guy goes after Coach Underwood a lot. Um, I don't know why. And these are the type of things that I see for guys that talk about Underwood for some reason. And they go after him when things aren't going well. They're down 24 and, you know, they talk about his job. And, you know, yes, he's obviously going to take the blame. He's obviously um, going to take responsibility for things. But there's this tweet from this guy who I've gotten into with before. Me and him have gotten after it because I don't agree with what he's saying. It's a guy that, you know, I don't know if he's played basketball writes about it. I don't know if he's ever played. I don't know. Doubt he's ever coached ever. Says, been, and this was at halftime. Said, been saying this for over and over every single game. Uh, and, and now, this is a guy that writes, has a couple thousand followers. Been saying this over and over every single game of this season. Brad Underwood deserves criticism for the season. Any so-called hashtag Illini fan who is still disagrees is blinded by Underwood's, in quotation marks, successful past seasons. So this is a guy either went to the U of I, claims to be a U of I fan. I don't know who he is. Um, I don't know how he has a job, anything that's ever related to in sports and writing and everything like that. These are the type of ignorant things that I cannot stand. Because if he is an Illini fan or went to the U of I, number one, you don't understand basketball. And I will tag this guy in this because this is ridiculous. Number two, why do we keep going after Coach Underwood? Do we not remember the Illinois basketball program before he got here? Number one. Number two, you're saying every single game you have said that Coach Underwood deserves a lot of criticism. Number one, no basketball game is ever going to be perfect. So this tells me that you don't know anything about basketball. So he deserves criticism. Huh? He deserves criticism when they beat UCLA. Okay. He deserves criticism when they beat Syracuse. I don't care if Syracuse is bad or not. That's a big-time program. That's a big win for me. Cool. He deserves criticism on the comeback win versus Texas. Cool. Does he deserve criticism when they beat Wisconsin, Nebraska, Michigan State, and Minnesota in the stretch? Okay. Does he deserve criticism when he had to when they beat Ohio State, Wisconsin again, Nebraska again? Okay, cool. Does he deserve criticism to beat a ranked Rutgers team when we weren't ranked? Cool. Does he deserve criticism on the almost comeback win versus Indiana? Because Indiana's very good. Okay. Does he deserve criticism on the comeback win versus Northwestern? Does he deserve criticism when they beat Michigan? Does he deserve criticism when he's gotten to 20 wins with a team with a bunch of freshmen, no true point guard, transfers who have to figure out how to play in his system? So this tells me how ignorant you are. This tells me how you don't understand anything. And why are we going after Underwood? This is a guy, and I should go back and find all the tweets he said to me, saying there are plenty of coaches in the country that could come in and do exactly what Underwood is doing. And I call bullshit on that. You're telling me there's guys that could come in and do this job. So it's people like this that need to go worry about another team. How do you write for anybody in sports if that's a true job in his bio? I have no clue. Don't know if it's real. I don't care. But how? How does he have a job in sports? No freaking clue. But it's this type of stuff. Okay, if this is what you feel about Coach Underwood, go root for another team. Go be an Indiana fan. Go be go be a Purdue fan. I could care less. But go somewhere else. Coach Underwood has done a great job. 
Because it's easy to talk about a coach when they lose. But think about what they're doing. We're not a five-win team. If we were a five-win team, then you could sit there and talk about criticism. He overhauled, he he tried to do a different defense beginning of the year was the switching defense. Then he went back to playing his normal defense, and it's gotten a lot better, a little bumps in the road here. Their offense, they started to move the ball around a little bit. Ultimately, yes, he'll take every blame for a loss. He'll take the blame for this one. But ultimately, he got the players to all of a sudden, they started to click. Like this type of, I have to defend Coach Underwood every single post game for some reason because people just go after him. People talk about firing him. People talk about this. And then there was another one with this saying, oh, it's going to be a big offseason, blah, 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 blah. Those are the type of things I talk about when I'm on here. Those are the type of tweets that get put up there that are stupid. They're just dumb. Go root for somebody else. He, oh, we're blinded because they want, okay, so every single coach that has won their conference, we're all, those fans are blinded as well. It's a 20-win season. It's a 20-win season. Now, eventually, yes, in the NCAA tournament, he's going to have to win games. But that doesn't mean we immediately fire him. Look at all these other basketball programs that have stuck with their coaches and good things happen. This is also the University of Illinois where we were down in the dumps. Are you going to fire Bielema in two years if it's still an eight-win season? No. It's progress. But it's fans like that who have a job in sports somehow, I don't know, that do that type of stuff. So I wanted to defend Coach Underwood once again because it doesn't make any sort of sense as to why people always want to go after and always want to, you know, that's the first thing they want to do is talk about firing him. And I don't know why they want to fire him because who else are we going to get? Who else is it going to be? Um, but it's those type of people that I just cannot stand. Um, but Illinois gets the tough loss, um, 76-71 to Purdue, um, as now they await to see where they're going to be sitting in their seed. Uh, 76-71, sorry, lost to Purdue. They're going to wait and see how they're going to be ranked in the Big Ten tournament, and then they're going to go from there and then get into the NCAA tournament and – you know, hopefully, you know, Epps will come back healthy. They get some things more clicking in this tournament and things will just start to flow and, you know, make some noise. You know, it's a it's a fresh, it's in the mindset of a reset here as you go into the Big Ten tournament and into the NCAA tournament. Um, hopefully get some fresh legs, uh, build off of the energy after Purdue and we'll see who they're playing. And that's where we'll ravine back when we talk more about you know, Illinois men's basketball and we await for the women's side, they won a Big Ten tournament game and then lost the second one to Maryland and they were waiting for their NCAA March Madness as well. Um, that'll wrap up this post game. Thank you guys again for watching or listening. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check out all the other videos. Um, Follow and rate on Apple and iTunes helps go a long way. Check out all the affiliates in the description below. Leave a comment in the comment section down below. Um, thank you guys again, and we will see you guys next time.